morning, Sean. Today I'll read Philippians 3, verses 10 to 14. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Morning once again. We're going to sing another song that goes with our lesson today. Uh, who, who knew that you might be able to memorize the scripture that we're going to talk about today? I don't know how many know this song, uh, but it's very easy. And it, again, is, our, is part of our scripture for today. So sing along with me, please. <clears throat> I want to know Christ and the power of his rising. Share in his suffering, conform to his death. When I pour out my life to be filled with his spirit, joy follows suffering and life follows death. We're going to sing it again one more time. You, you, you joined in, and I've appreciated that. I want to know Christ and the power of his rising. Share in his suffering, conform to his death. When I pour out my life to be filled with his spirit, joy follows suffering and life follows death. Thank you for singing along with that today. Uh, this morning we are going to uh, be looking at that verse that uh, from chapter uh, Philippians chapter 3 starting with verse 10 we're going to look at that and uh, talk about I want to know Christ in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 there's a, a section of verses that we all know and uh, but there's a sec part of it that we don't always catch and I want to bring it before you this morning I'm going to read it with you if you'd like to follow along Ecclesiastes chapter 3 there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear down, a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And this is a section I wanted us to, to take a listen to. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden that God has, has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That he has set, the, set eternity in the hearts of men, that he would seek it, that he would find it. 
that we would want to know it, that we would want to know what it is, why it is that God loves us so much. Why is it that Jesus came here? He put that in our hearts. And I think that's why we seek. And all men seek to find Jesus, but sometimes they fill it with other things and other, other people and other, other things in their life. But God has sent eternity in, the heart, in our hearts that we would seek him and find him. I want to know Christ, as we will look at this morning. I've always been a fan of a certain person, and uh, many of you know that. Uh, in, when we did some of the remodeling back there on the back of my door, which nobody ever sees because when you shut the door, it's, when you open the door, it's behind the door. But on the back were, were two very large posters. And, uh, and uh, it was, we flipped the slide uh, that, that was of Amy Grant. And uh, somebody I've been a fan of for a long, long time. I heard her first when I was in college on a bus as we were going to Saranac, New York, uh, for a Young Life trip. That's first. She wasn't singing on the bus, but they were playing a, a tape. It was a tape. It was actually a cassette tape. Some of us have no idea what that is, but uh, that's all right. They're playing a tape, and it was a, song, a person I'd never heard, and I, and I loved the voice. I never couldn't see her, obviously, because it was a tape. And so as I got home and went to the record store and got, got a couple uh, 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 tapes and a couple records, I really fell in love with her music. And as, we, as it went on, I got to know her fairly well through reading about her, as you do when you become a fan of, of somebody. And we were on a Winterfest bus, and we were on our way to Winterfest, and we were almost time to eat. The movie that we were playing on the bus was almost done, and so I threw in this one VHS tape in the bus uh, VHR or VCR, and uh, it was a, a couple songs by her and, and some other things. And uh, so the bus driver was asking questions like, who is that? I don't know who that is. And I said, and, uh, and there were some people in the video, and I named her children and this stuff. And, he, and the bus driver says, you seem to know a lot about her. And uh, Jared Irvin goes, most stalkers do know their people pretty well. And uh, I've always thought that was funny. But I got to meet her at, uh, at the Ohio Center when they were, she was there for a concert. When Stephanie Bostick was battling cancer, her mom had sent a letter and they invited a bunch of us to go back and meet her. We also met her once with Scott Carmichael. We sat in the front row of that's memorial. Took us back there to meet her, and uh, you know, it's exciting, it's one-on-one, -on -one or however it is, and you get to walk back there. And uh, it was our turn to meet her, shake her hand, and she says, how are you tonight? I said, fine. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. She gave Scott a hug, which I was not happy with later, that I didn't get the hug as well. But uh, it was somebody I wanted to know, and I still you know, know some about her today and keep up with her. I, I tell Diane once in a while, I'm, uh, I think it's called Friends of Amy or something, uh, a Facebook page, and there's all these updates and different things that she's doing. So if you want to know somebody, you, you chase them, you look for them, and you try to find opportunities to hear them and be, be around them. <clears throat> As I was looking over this lesson about I want to know Christ, I wanted us to think about uh, that in the very same realm of, of the people that we look forward to or that we look to and that we surround our lives with. And as we think about Christ and we think about the power that he has, and we're going to talk about some of those things here as we go through, 
I think this next slide shows some of the things that we worship him, that we serve him, that he died for us, and that he rose again. I want to hit some of these verses, and then I want to talk about these verses 10 to 14. Jesus came as king to us. He was to be our king. And as he was uh, welcomed into Jerusalem, uh, I wanted to read that. The next day, the, the crowd had come for a, the festival and heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. And as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion, come and see that your king is coming. Seated on a donkey, donkey's colt. Verse 16, as his disciples, uh, his disciples didn't understand this, only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things that had been written about him, that these things had all been done to him. And now the crowd that was with him uh, when he called Lazarus from the tomb, raised him from the dead, uh, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed signs, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, he is getting nowhere. Let us look how we can go after him. So Jesus was, was crowned. He was worshiped as king, uh, the earth, as an earthly king, as the people were looking at him because of the things that he had done, the things that he was trying to to perform. He also served. He washed the disciples' feet. In class this morning, I had a large bowl of water with soap in it and a towel. And I'm sure there were some frightened people that they were going to have to take their shoes off. Uh, we did not do that. But we talked about what it means to, to, to serve and what Jesus did there. I want to read those verses again, that Jesus was a servant. He was king, and, and he was a servant. Uh, from uh, John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover meal and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had all things under his control and that he had come from God and was returning to God, verse four. So he got up from the meal, and he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Peter, who said, Lord, you are not, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said, you do not, you, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Peter didn't understand what Jesus was asking of him, what Jesus was wanting to do for him, because that was a job of a servant, as we, we talked about in class. And so Jesus told him that he didn't need a bath, he just needed his feet washed because of, of the dirt on the road and the customs that they had. So when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me Father and Lord, <clears throat> and rightly so, for that's who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set as an example for you that you would do as I have done for you. Verily I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. 
So not only did he wash their feet, he, he told them that that was their job to serve and to go out and do that to the, not only to their, to their friends and loyal people, but to others as well, to make themselves that servant to the people. I want to know Christ, and I also want to know that crown of thorns. We know the story of the cross, and I, I did not want to read that whole thing for us to think about. But the story of Jesus going to the cross, of being mocked and spat upon, and, and though he humbly replied to them that he, he, was, he was the Lord, and that he was Jesus. And though the, the powers that be took him to the cross to be crucified, to be spat upon, to be mocked, to be cut, to have his clothes taken from him, he did that for you and I, that we would not have to face that death. And as he hung on that cross, he still shared his love for his mother, for his people around him, and his honor for God as he get, committed, his life, committed his soul to, 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 the, to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Christ, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. When we think about the cross, when you think of, of that, that death that Jesus did, had on the cross, it seems very foolish that somebody would do that for you and I, because most of us, um, would probably not do that for anybody, maybe a close family person, but to do it for the sins of the world when you were a perfect soul, what a beautiful thing that Christ did for us. And to the world, that seems like foolishness that someone would make such a, a sacrifice, but to us, it is beauty. It's a beautiful thing. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, May I never boast it except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, Though, uh, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Our boasting is the salvation that we get because of Christ. When we accept that, when we, uh, when we know Christ and we know what that means, we have that opportunity to obey him, to, to receive that forgiveness, to receive and be a part of that beautiful act that he did on a cross. And then the fourth thing is about the resurrection, the holes in the hands. Verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and now which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I pass on to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and, on the, and raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he, appeared, uh, that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, uh, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And at last, he appeared to me also, uh, Paul. So that resurrection, those four different things, sir, uh, being recognized as king, being a servant, uh, dying on the cross, and then rising again through the resurrection. Let's take a look at our, our, our core verses again as we uh, wrap this up for today. I want to be, I want to be as one with him. I want to be as one with him. I want to be like Christ. Is that our goal each day? Is that our attitude as, 
as John David prayed, that we would wake up and that we want to be one with Christ. Um, the reality is we could not be right through the law because we can't obey the laws, and, um, and we are made, by God, made right with God by faith. Verse 10, I want to know him. I want to have the same power in my life that raised Jesus from the dead. I want to understand and have a share in his sufferings and be like Christ in his death. I want to know why Christ died for me. I just want to know why he would do such a thing for me. I have people who love me, but there's no greater love than what Christ did on the cross for me. And when we try to understand that, and I, I always come back to this uh, statement that my youngest brother made long ago, and I, I wish he would rehear it, Maybe he will. Um, but once you get a good look at who Christ is and what he did for you, you will spend the rest of your life searching for and seeking another look. When you see the amazing gift that Christ gives us, we will want to know him more, and we will constantly be looking for another glimpse of who he is and what he's done for us. I want to know him. I want to have the same power in my life that raised Jesus from the dead. There's a song on, on the river that speaks about that that same power is in us. And we have that gift of the power that raised Christ from the dead. And we also have that gift to be raised from the dead at, when we pass and as long as we face Christ in judgment. But we have that power to live and to serve and to be Christ to the people around us. Accept that power. Recharge yourself. Have opportunities to, to, to be in his word, to be in fellowship, to be in a small group, to be on a, listen to podcasts online, whatever it is that you get fed, how you get fed and blessed. Be doing that so that you can understand what Christ has did, what Christ has did for us. And then the part that's a little more difficult, I want to understand and share in his sufferings and be like Christ in his death. I want to share in his sufferings. I cannot stand here today and tell you exactly what that means. But I can tell you, when he calls us to be like him, we can not only do the service and the love and the sharing, but we're, we will suffer as a Christian because of what we do and what we say. There are times that we're going to be left out of things. There are times that we're going to be uh, scolded and called upon because of our beliefs. But you and I need to stand for Jesus. He says he will be with us. And he says we will, we will be scorned and we will be uh, persecuted and we will be uh, beaten up sometimes before, because of what we believe. But a lot of that's a mental battle that we fight in ourselves. Sean, uh, Sean when he was, uh, get, before he came up here this morning, he said, my heart's beating really fast. I'm really nervous, I'm really nervous. And I said, that's good, because you're trying to, you're thinking about what you're gonna do, and you know, it's something you don't do all the time. Our hearts need to be accelerated when we think about Christ, when we have those opportunities to share and to be like him because we too want to be raised from the dead. Verse 12 says, I do not say that I've received this or I've already become perfect. None of us are gonna become perfect. 
Uh, so you can check that off your bucket list. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I've talked to lots of people. I've seen lots of people. And I see in my life, it, it is, it's just not going to happen. Perfection is not going to come from here. But I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best for the Lord each day. But I keep on going, uh, going on to make my life my own as Christ Jesus made me his own. I am Christ. He is mine. And we walk together and we live together each day and we try to make a difference in the world. And the same thing in your life to make that difference. Verse 13, no Christian brothers, I do not have that life yet. But one thing I do, I forget everything that's behind me and look forward to that which is ahead of me. My eyes are on the crown and I want to win the race and get the crown of that God calls me from heaven through Christ Jesus. Our eyes are on that goal. Our eyes are on that crown. And you and I need to walk each day sharing God's love, sharing, serving as Christ did, and keeping our eyes on that goal. And we are going to be pummeled from time to time. We should have our armor on. We should be ready for that battle. But we need to realize that we will be pummeled, and we will be discouraged, and we will have difficult times. But our eyes need to be on that crown. Our eyes need to be on the crown, the love that Christ has for us. And as we keep our eyes there, it will help us to get through. And the knocks and the beats and the knockdowns that we, we have will only help us to be stronger, to be like him. So we press on. Uh, verse 15, it says, All of us who are full-grown Christians uh, should think this way. If you do not think this way, God will show it to you. <laughs> um, you've, you've heard the song or heard the statement, here's your sign. <laughs> um, and that's what happens in life. If we don't seek it, God will put it in front of us. And as, as we prayed in class today, when God puts something in front of us, we should be bold and courageous enough that the Holy Spirit helps us to, to move on and to take on the challenge and to do the things he wants us to do. But our eyes are on the crown, and I want to win the race. You know I'm not an athlete, never was, and probably at this point never will be. Um, but I know what it means to keep my eyes on a prize. I know what it means to, to look at that finish line and want to get there. I mentioned in class that Anna Whaley um, passed away. She's uh, one of our friends, mother, mother-in-law. And she passed away, and as I visited her a couple weeks ago, she discontinued her uh, um, uh, dialysis. That word never comes to me right off. I hope it never does. <laughs> but as she discontinued her dialysis, she had a smile on her face. She says, I want to go home. I want to be with Jesus. I want to see my husband. I want to see my Lord. And that was her hope until, until her last breath on Saturday evening, Friday evening. That was her hope. And that should be our hope, to keep our eyes on Jesus, whatever it is. Um, and so we need to keep obeying the law, <coughs> obeying the Lord. I want us to sing this song one more time. <clears throat> Hopefully uh, you can have it in your heart. I want to know Christ and the power of his rising. Share in his suffering, conform to his death. When I pour out my life to be filled with his spirit, Joy follows suffering, and 
Life follows death. When I pour out my life to be filled with his spirit, joy follows suffering and life follows death. What a beautiful picture is, that is for us. I was speaking to Byron this morning as he lost his father a couple of weeks ago. And the, to live 95 years is a beautiful thing. And he talked about the last five years with Alzheimer's obviously was, was a major struggle. But to be able to, to live for Christ and to, to live without, um, without keeping our eyes off of him, and that's our joy when we can keep our eyes on Jesus. You will find if your eyes are not on Jesus, you're going to be in a struggle. And it's going to be very difficult and very hard to get through life because there's lots of struggles. There are lots of things. I, as I read through that Ecclesiastes, and I mention this lots of times when I use that verse, there, you are in all different kinds of that people. There are people who are mourning. There are people who are celebrating with a new child. Uh, there's people celebrating it with a new job. There's all kinds of different places in our lives that we are. But we all need to focus on Jesus because I want to know Christ. I want to know him and I want to be like him. And as we seek that out, it will help us on our journey to be who we need to be, to keep our eyes on Jesus. My other favorite chorus is, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's, let's sing that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I want to know Christ. Without Christ in this world today, we, you would be in a mess. We are blessed to know him. We are blessed to be like him. So keep seeking, keep looking, keep knocking. Know him. We could be called stalkers for Christ. <laughs> That would not be a bad thing. But let's do it joyfully as we share it with the world around us. If you have a need to uh, respond to the gospel of Christ this morning, to become one of his children, this would be a great time to do it. If you have prayers or other concerns you'd like to bring for the, before the church here, please do so. While together we stand and sing.